Welcome, San Diego First Church, to our podcast. This is Connections, Connecting Points Between Some of the Readings of the uh, Lectionary for this past week. My name is Dee Kelly. I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and I have with me Tom Loney, who has uh, volunteered to join with me in this discussion, and I'm so grateful to have you here, Tom. Um, we are looking at uh, the connecting points between the scripture reading um, that was designated for this last Sunday, Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 8, connecting it to Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through chapter 10, verse 8. Normally, we simply read the passage that we've not read before, but for those of you who joined us on Sunday, we had a special guest speaker, a person from Brazil who talked about the wonderful work taking place down in Brazil and some, one of, the, uh, some of the wonderful ministries along the Amazon uh, River and tributaries. And because of that, he was speaking from a different passage, though it happened to be Romans, uh, but we didn't dig in any deeper to the Romans chapter 5 passage. So unlike what we often do, I'm going to read both passages. So you're going to get a double dose this morning of the scripture. The first one is Romans 5, verses 1 through 8. And once again, for those of you that listened in uh, last Thursday, you've heard this, but it will be real appropriate for us as it sets up for us how we connect it to the Matthew passage. So, <clears throat> Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The passage that is also one of the lectionary readings for this past week is um, from Matthew chapter 9 at the very end of the uh, chapter, <clears throat> and it's the lead-in to Jesus sending out the twelve. So I'm going to read that passage as well. Matthew chapter 9, beginning with verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. He called his twelve disciples to him. He gave them authority, authority to drive out evil spirits and to cure every kind of disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, 
who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, Freely you have received, freely give. And this is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Well, Tom, here we have two passages of scripture. Um, and one of the goals of this podcast is when we think about those who put together the readings for each week, how these passages might connect together. Um, there are a number of passages that remind me of certain things and uh, kind of draw my attention, um, but I am particularly drawn to this unique characteristic of how Jesus is calling the workers to engage, to participate. And you and I have had a conversation um, that in some ways what Paul says in Romans sets up what Jesus is asking the disciples to do. Expand on that a little bit. What do you mean by connecting those two? Um, I liked um, Romans 5, 1 to 8. And the part that I felt was in here was the price that has been paid by Christ to bring us into alignment with God. So now that we're seen as friends of God instead of his enemies. Mm. Um, I liked that this helping us in Romans, helping each individual to be the Christians that Christ died for, it also helps me to understand that with this great cost that Christ paid to just bring us into alignment with God is, is worthy of, I can't just sit here now and say, well, I'm saved. That's all I need to do. Isn't that great? Thank God. I'll be close to God. It then goes to Matthew, and it really tells me that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Well, I should be one of those workers. Mm. And it's the Lord is of the harvest, therefore send out workers into the harvest field. I'm those workers. We are all those workers that need to go out away from the church, to bring people into the church to be a part of God's overall plan. I really liked also back in Romans 5, 6, and 7, and 8, because it's easy for them to say, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare die, to die. But God didn't, he did it for us who were separated, who are, there's a large schism between us. 
because of Adam and Eve. And he gave his only begotten son's life to bring us who are sinners into his world full of grace and glory. I found those things very important to me. Yeah, I agree. Thanks for bringing that up. I I love the the notion that um, in the way we have received, so go out and do. The Matthew passage of freely it's been given to you, so freely pass it along. And I particularly love your notion that once we were enemies, now we've been brought close by what God has done, by the grace that's been poured out on us. This whole passage starts with the line, therefore, therefore, since God has done all these things for us, therefore, since you've been justified by faith, therefore, salvation has come your way, therefore, you've been enfolded into the goodness of God. Because of that, now let it unfold through you. You've been the recipients of these things. Now be the givers of these things. And I think one of the things that I love about the Matthew passage, by the way, the Matthew passage has a parallel to it in Matthew chapter 4. It's the setup for the Sermon on the Mount because it says right there at the end of Matthew chapter 4 these exact same words. Jesus went throughout Galilee. He taught in their synagogues. He preached the good news and he healed the people. There are various illnesses and diseases. This is the ministry that Jesus does for all of those who are fearful, who are worrying, who feel like they've been left on the outside, who wonder if anybody cares, who feel all alone. And Jesus says to them, this good news is specifically for you. Blessed are you if you're poor in spirit. Blessed are you if you're mourning. Blessed are you who are being merciful to others. Bless you who are hungering and thirsting after righteousness. This good news is for you. And and I love that then in Matthew, I love what you said, that Romans sets up this Matthew passage so well. In Matthew, he sends out the 12 and he says, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to teach. You're supposed to share the good news. You're supposed to heal. You're supposed to be the safe space for people to come and hear that the kingdom of heaven is for them. And so I think you're spot on, Tom, about how Romans leads us to a place where, oh, it's not just great. It's all about me, Mr. Narcissistic here. This <laughs> is so glad that I get all the good stuff. Um, no, there's a reason for this, and it's so that you'll bless others. Here's a thought that comes into my head as we are just as I'm listening and looking at the text, is too that if he allowed the disciples to do these things, what is it in our own lives that causes us to be fearful about doing more to reach out to people outside of our church? Hmm. Why can't we likewise be as positive in knowing God has control over everything? in that we could heal and that we could help people in such great ways. How many reasons do you want? 
<laughs> um, certainly fear is one of those. I'm afraid that somebody's not going to like me or I'm afraid that I'm sticking my nose where it doesn't belong. But that's that. Yes, but that's what a lot of humans do. We do draw these boxes where yeah. we're comfortable and we don't want to get step, our feet stepped on. But sometimes you just have to be bold and not worry about what everyone thinks and know that God's the one directing you so that you can be as helpful to God's plan as, as the disciples were. Yeah. Not that I'm anywhere near that. I just mean... Be open to it. And if you seek, you shall find. Agreed. Let me add one more fear and have you respond to it. The fear that I'm not going to do it right. And would you maybe think that some of that fear is back to the whole notion of thinking that the economy of the spiritual life is productivity, that I produce well, that I that I'm excellent again, that I moved from God gave me grace to now all of a sudden I don't even give myself grace anymore. I have this expectation that I'm supposed to know it all, get it all, be able to answer every question, all of those kinds of things. But I think sometimes there is this fear about mm -hmm. being transparent about my faith. What if somebody asks me something that I don't have any answer to? Does, it, does that make sense? It, as a... 35 years as a teacher, I learned early on, you don't know everything, yeah. but you're willing to forego your ego and look it up and find answers. And God doesn't expect us to have an answer for every question that's brought to us at that moment. Just bringing them along and listening is sometimes bigger than thinking you have to solve all their problems. So I... I have never felt uncomfortable or out of touch with doing anything uncomfortable like this. <laughs> and so this is my first time. And yes, I have fear about this too. Yeah. But I push forward. Yeah. Yeah. I also think, and I, I'm not only joined here by you, but our amazing sound engineer, Tyler Ellison, who's in the room here. I think about um, what a healing salve safe space is. And if God is sending us out to be the good news, sometimes he's sending us out simply to be a safe place for other people um, to be honest about their fears or to be honest about their pain or to be honest about their journey, whatever it might be. And I know sometimes I feel like I have to fill empty space with answers but i think sometimes the invitation of the good news is to simply simply feel boy i can't get this out simply fill empty space with safe space so people can be honestly who they are and let that be part of the healing process anyway i feel that with the two of you and i think that that is what i get to take out of moments like this and enter into other parts of my journey and try and do for others what God does for me through people like you. That's how grace works. When I know I've tasted it and received it, I need to be that kind of grace to someone else. Anything else you want to add? 
No, but I did learn something this last week to see former colleagues, and then they were surprised I was in a choir, that I was in church. Really? That I loved it. And yet, I was talking about some issues, and I used to think when I was in college I had to have all the answers or I failed. Now I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. I introduced all of that and let them... They wanted answers, but I just listened, and I felt mm. right about that because there's always another time. There's always another opportunity, so yeah. that was helpful. Probably also a good lesson for us to uh, recognize that when we go to times in prayer, um, not just to be a one-sided conversation where we do all the talking, but learn to listen in that setting as well. And sometimes just listening to the sound of grace is a powerful thing to do in prayer. Tom, it's been great to be with you. I hope for those of you that are listening, this has been Food for Thought, and you'll dig into these passages of Scripture for yourself and find connections for your own journey. As always, we love being with you. Look forward to the next time we get together. And that will be our next podcast, which is First Impressions on Romans chapter 6. Thanks for being with us. Have a great day.